0: Hi I'm Charlotte from Future in Finance and welcome to our first ever podcast. In this short-ish episode we're going to figure out if this is the right kind of platform to educate, entertain and engage in all things financial services. Now I'll take a guess and say that if I'm welcoming you today you're thinking about studying for your CMAP exams. If that's not you and you're completely lost don't worry CMAP stands for Certificate in Mortgage Advice and Practice and it is in short Step one for anyone who's looking to take a career in financial services, more specifically mortgage advice, but it can open up a ton more doors for you in the industry if that's the path you want to take. But first, since this is our first ever episode, I figured we should start with some introductions at the very least and at most an obligatory catchy podcast jingle that we've listened to at least 50 times and we hope that you'll enjoy the next 10 seconds just as much as we did. Welcome. Welcome. Hello again. If you're still with us, it's great to have you and time to tell you a little bit more about me. I'm Charlotte. I work in the financial services sector, have done so on and off for about a decade. And in those 10 years, I've noticed the financial services industry as a whole is generally viewed as beige, boring, stuffy, a complete yawn fest and the thing that will have any and all hinge dates rolling their eyes before your drinks arrive. And yes, I am speaking from experience now hopefully i'm here to change that i'm the ceo and founder of future in finance which is an online training provider delivering cmap courses to help you smash those exams and take the first steps in your hopefully not even remotely beige careers in financial services but i'm here to do it with a difference now if you want to know more we have a website we have instagram facebook LinkedIn and I'll link them all in the show notes but just real quick you can head on over to www.futureinfinance.co.uk you can find us on Instagram at futureinfinance it's the same for meta and the same for LinkedIn so please get in touch say hi let us know you've listened because it would be really great to know if anyone outside of the four dogs currently sat in my living room my gran and my ex-fiance's girlfriend have tuned in today okay Moving swiftly on, I'd like to introduce you to someone real special, someone who will hopefully be joining as co-host as long as today doesn't scar her too much. She's my best friend, my ride or die bitch, my one phone call who talks me into all my best and most of my worst decisions. But more importantly, she's hilarious with a side of absolutely no fucking idea about anything financial, no credit card, basically no credit score honestly wouldn't know an interest rate if it slapped her in the face and as such she is the dumbest smart person I know and the perfect partner to make sure this podcast doesn't fall even remotely along the wayside of beige. Maria how you doing? Hi thanks for having me I'm fine I am uh, not here as a hostage I, I am a willing participant and a complete financial muggle. Well thank you so much for being here. Okay let's jump in. So the aim of this podcast is to support you along your CMAP journey. Now we're going to do this by breaking down the study guides that are sent to you from the London Institute of Banking and Finance whenever you register to sit an exam. We'll talk you through it and we'll give you some real world examples. Now to qualify as a mortgage advisor, you have to take three exams. CMAP 1, CMAP 2 and yeah, you guessed it, CMAP 3. So let's start at the top. Now you've got CMAP 1, Unit 1 entitled An Introduction to the Financial Services Industry. I like how they're breaking us in gently. Now, this topic is beautifully short and hopefully relatively uncomplicated in its context. As this is only a 20-minute podcast, we'll only cover a selection from Unit 1. So if you're looking for a full audio study guide, broken down, unit by unit, you can head on over to the website, www.futureinfinance.co.uk, where... All of that will be available real soon. If you don't see it just yet, it is on its way. So please sit tight and try your best to enjoy the ride. By the end of this episode, we should have a really good understanding of just a couple of things. Thing one, intermediation and its role in the financial services industry. And thing two, the role of the Bank of England. But let's take a step back just for a hot second. So banks are great but what about money? What is money? In its simplest form, money is something that we use as a medium of exchange. We use it to buy stuff. In order for money to be acceptable as a medium of exchange, it must have certain properties. So there's four things that you need to remember here. Money must be, one, sufficient in quantity, two, Generally acceptable to all parties in all transactions. Three, divisible into small units, and four, portable. Now, when you think about that, they all sound really obvious. And I know what you're thinking. Cool, Charlotte, but honestly, that is boring as shit. And maybe you're right, but it's also an exam question from last year, years mocks paper. So every time I come across something that I've seen as an exam question. I'm going to drop it in here in all its dull, grey, beige glory, and yeah, you can thank me later or right now on social media, it's up to you, but the important thing is to remember that money must retain its exchange value, basically, which means you can keep it now and you can use it to buy stuff later on. Maria, can you tell me what inflation is? What happens when you blow into a balloon? Uh, Can you tell me what inflation is in relation to finance? no okay that's fine don't worry so if we look at the London Institute of Banking and Finances example which we're going to shorten to Libuff because it just takes too long Yeah, uh, they define it as inflation is known as a sustained increase in the general level of prices of goods and services which is kind of not anywhere near where you were going with the balloon thing good. a real world example so you remember how Freddo's used to be 7p yes now if you're listening to this thinking charlotte freddos have definitely always been 15p Congratulations, your fucking lations youth mm. is on your side and you probably wouldn't be considered a fresh looking middle-aged lady like i would in a mm. lineup but the same can't be said for the rest of us if you do remember 7p freddos because we've seen some shit man <laughs> basically the idea is the prices of stuff just goes up over time so i think freddos now are like 25, 30p, they might be even more. Oh, what? And the point is, is that price prices of stuff just goes up. So the theory is that as prices increase, your wage should increase, because if the price of everything goes up and your wage stays the same, everything's more expensive, you've effectively taken a pay cut. Has anybody let the government know? I was just about to say, that's not always what happens. So if you look at doctors, nurses, paramedics, anyone that's striking at the minute, it's because their wages haven't gone up when inflation has gone up um and that's partially down to a number of things maybe mostly the government the but, tories yeah. oh no how could they ever be at fault <laughs> uh, so that's inflation it's really useful to know definitely map exam but if you're going to take any kind of career in financial advice that's one thing that you need to be aware of it's like a cornerstone of everything you need to know exactly cool perfect We just thought we'd add in that if anyone can hear a dog whining in the background of that section of the podcast, that's because we shut the sausage dog out, who was afraid of the microphone, and all he did was pace and whine. So now he's in the room, so if you hear any more pacing, or the tippy-tappy of toes, it's the sausage dog. Really sorry, but we did warn you there would be dogs on this podcast. (laughs) Now, I've just realised that we've jumped right on in, onto a podcast about the financial services industry, and we've not really covered what that means. So I thought we'd take a step back and just explain that a little bit. So all that the financial services industry relates to is basically any business that exists to facilitate the use of money. So you think about banks, you think about building societies, insurance companies, all of that kind of stuff, all falls under financial services. There are more examples, but those are just the ones that I could think of off the top of the head. Their job is to channel money from those who have a surplus, surplus? A surplus? Surplus of money and then lend it out to those who are willing to pay for it. So that's usually in the form of an interest rate. So the next step in the chain, we have something called a financial intermediary. Now, simply put, that's a really fancy word for banks, building societies, insurance companies. Their job is to borrow money from bigger institutions and then they will lend it out to people like us or businesses in the forms of loans, mortgages, all that fun, really stressful, grown-up adult stuff that we have to deal with. And they make their money by charging us an interest rate on the loan, but they will also get charged interest on the money that they lend. Oh, okay. Which is why banks can go bust, because they are also borrowing money. Exactly. Just from the big daddy bank. Yeah, so their profit margins are the difference in the interest rates to what they charge us and what they are charged from the daddy banks. Which is not the same as the bank of mum and dad, just to be clear. Oh, okay. No, cool. Right, got it. So I'm going to drop a really big word. It's a fancy word, kind of. But it's a word that you need to know for the exam. And that word is disintermediation. So all that that means is it's a process of cutting out banks and building societies. Have you ever heard of crowdfunding? Yes. Okay, so that is what disintermediation is if you can get into the habit of thinking disintermediation means crowdfunding, you will never go wrong. So just kind of replace the words in your brain. But just to explain, if you don't know what crowdfunding is, so let's say Maria wakes up tomorrow and she's had a dream where she invents a reusable cotton bud so that your cotton buds don't end up in the bin every day and go into landfill. And she's convinced that it's gonna make a millions, but she doesn't want to go to the bank for a loan because she does not like banks or people in suits so so instead she decides to reach out to a group of people and say look if you invest in my product I'll give you whether that's a share of the business or some of the product however it is that she wants to sell it and they will give her the money direct so it takes away an interest rate it takes away the middleman that's all that disintermediation is if you take away that middleman with an example of something like crowdfunding that is disintermediation It's probably going to come up as one of the multiple choice questions. So it's just something to make a note of. Write on a post-it note. Stick it on your fridge. Do whatever it is that helps you remember it. Just keep it close. Close to your heart. Mm -hmm. In your brain and in your heart. Deep. Now we need to cover the reason that we have intermediaries. And remember that's just another word for banks. So there's four different reasons that are stated in the text that you need to study for the exam as to why we have intermediaries. Number one... geographical location so say for example you live in manchester but you want to get a loan from a bank in london you can do that because well you can do that now because of the internet and everything else but the idea was is that you spread them around so that everybody's got access to something number two is something called aggregation which again is a really complicated word that just means to combine a bunch of different products in one place so you go to a bank they can offer you a current account or a mortgage or a loan or sometimes a credit card. It's just a bunch of stuff all in one place. That's so all it's the One stop shop. Exactly. Cool. The third one is something called maturity transformation. So, simply put, that's a wide range of products that vary in term length. So if you focus on the mature aspect of the sentence, the bit maturity transformation, it just means different lengths so you can get a mortgage for 10 years you can get a mortgage for 25 years oh okay so they're not all exactly the same exactly length of time got it and then number four is risk transformation so all that that means is because a bank might have a million different customers they've not put all the eggs in one basket so if one customer fails to pay they're not going to go bust cool so instead of one bank lending to one big customer it just takes away that massive risk so you're money is technically safer exactly cool that's another example of something that will probably come up in the exam so again it's multiple choice and it will ask you to to pick out of five different options which of them will come under why we have intermediaries so if you can just remember those four titles so geographical location aggregation maturity transformation and risk transformation you will not go wrong I mentioned before that insurance companies are another example of intermediation and I just wanted to expand on that a little bit so the way that insurance companies work is they take premiums from a bunch of different people which is you pay it monthly you pay it yearly it can be home insurance car insurance life insurance whatever it is and the idea is is that those premiums that we pay in would cover the funds for the loss of a few contributors who suffer adverse circumstances so 10 of us all pay into an insurance premium but only one of us needs to claim on our home insurance so the many provide for the few exactly but you all have the same access to the insurance fund yeah and it doesn't need to be over like if you just think about how insurance works if you've got insurance chances are you've probably got some form of insurance somewhere yeah that's just a really high level overview of what they do if you don't know and then you've got something called a product sales intermediary, which, again, is just a more complex way of saying the middleman. So it's somebody like a mortgage advisor, a financial advisor, an insurance broker. So you would go to that person as the middleman. They would then put you in touch with the whole of the market. So you could go to somebody and they'd go, OK, I think you need to take insurance out with... Whichever company. Exactly. To suit your needs. So if you look at things like U-Switch. Oh, okay, yeah. No. Utility Warehouse. Mm -hmm. They'd all kind of be classed as product sales intermediaries. I see. Okay. Okay, that brings us along really nicely to the last part of the podcast. So we're going to cover the Bank of England. Maria, can you tell me anything about them? They are a bank in England. That's well it. That's, That's what you've got. Anonymous. That's okay. That's a good place to start. So, the Bank of England, really broadly, they act as the banker to the government. So their job is meant to be that they supervise the government and regulate the supply of money, effectively. I don't feel like they're doing that very well. No, I think if you watch the news or literally read anything ever, yeah, I don't think super. I think they missed that bit out on the job application. Mm-hmm. Just let the government run a mock their mission is meant to be to promote the good of the people in the uk sorry i'm laughing at this as i read it by maintaining monetary and financial stability who can we complain to because i feel like they're not doing what they're meant to be doing no i agree um their main functions are meant to be as follows so number one they're the banker to the government number two they're the issuer of banknotes. Number three, they act as banker to the banks and we will cover that in a little bit more depth in another unit if that if that isn't clear. Um, and like I said, number four, they're advisor to the government. So they're responsible for the Monetary poly, Policy Committee, sorry, who are responsible for setting interest rates and they're meant to ensure that inflation targets are met. Which not just massively overshot, throwing us into a national economic depression? No, nothing. Nothing at all like that. Not the bank's fault at all? No, nope, okay, absolutely not. Okay, cool, good. Um, Another thing to make note of with the Bank of England is that they manage our foreign exchange. So that kind of means that they manage the gold reserves and foreign currency on behalf of the Treasury. It's not really something that you need to go into any detail of. It's just handy to have a note of it. Um, But again, multiple choice questions. The one that I came across when I did the exam was... What do they do? Pick three. And one of them was that they manage the gold reserves and foreign currency on behalf of the Treasury. I specifically remember that being in there. Okay. So keep a note of that. Um, They're known as something called the lender of last resort. And all that that means is that if a bank collapses, they are the ones that are responsible for bailing them out. Oh. I don't know if you remember Northern Rock. Everybody queuing outside banks. Vaguely. Yeah. So the Bank of England would step in at that point and manage it in some way however they decide to do that all good all make sense yep so far so good perfect and that brings us really nicely actually to the end of our first podcast episode so thanks so much for listening in if you've made it this far it means we haven't done a completely fucking awful job um all the usual requests so please like follow share and if there's anything you want to know whether it's about cmap financial services anything within that scope more about the sausage dog please just reach out you can find us at www.futureinfinance.co.uk or at future in finance on instagram facebook linkedin you can also email hello at future so please get in touch it's been great to have you thank you so much from the both of us thank you very much and we'll see you next time see you next time